Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode, episode. 477, 76. It's either 76 or 77. I think it's 77. I always get tight at the end, Mitch, where I'm like, I don't know which one it is, but I think it's 77. We're going to talk about why this is the most important Badger football game in a couple of years. I have to say pre-COVID is a very important Badger game against Ohio State. We'll discuss that. We're also going to discuss Brady Rogers' end of an era. Do people still care as much as they did? Was the rivalry as great as people would like to make it out to be? We'll run through importance rankings. And then we'll just talk about how much it stinks to cheer for postseason baseball when your team is on the outside looking in because it is a motherfucker and it's not fun. It's not a great time. So we'll do all that and probably much more. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Dude, I am doing great. Uh, excited to do the pod. Um, yeah, with you and the the podcast numbers, you're it's it's a lot of pressure, but I think you handle it well in terms of just <laughs> Thanks, just trying trying to, try to I, I mean, the last second I, think about what it is. And, I mean, you know, I get hey, tight. Good. I get tight every time, man, and like I easily can have this on me and like look at it, and I just don't take the two freaking minutes to just say, "All right, this yeah. is this is four sixty seven, four seventy six, or four seventy seven, um, and everything like that." Also. Well, it's it's all minutia, but I think the real the real concern here, the pressing concern this evening is, will Charlie be doing a national anthem audition for Bucks games? Okay, um, just so. just for the just for the for the pod, so for the content for the content. I mean, I there's a no way they let my audition get out there. No way they would let me do the national anthem itself. So for context. Um, we, there was the Pfizer forum is having auditions for the national anthem singers as they do every year, year. as they do every year. Um, and Mitch threw it in one of our group chats and said, what would Charlie, should Charlie do? Should we have Charlie do this? Are you interested in something like that? And I mean, look, if there's something I'm really bad at, it'd be singing. Um, I, but, but, but damn it, you're a patriot and there'd be passion (laughs) behind it. I mean, uh, we can think of some sort of that where <laughs> I'll, I would do it. I would just do a video, like an audition tape, like whole thing. I'll do the audition tape. We'd post it to the variety of socials. Um, it probably too, I might be too long for Instagram reel because I think it's, it has to be uh, 90 seconds. Well, I but think we'd have, we'd have our fill after 90 seconds, probably. <laughs> we would get the point. Uh, but yeah, like a mic and everything. And yeah, we'll think of some sort of bet. Um, How about maybe, if, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State? Okay, fine. Sure. If Wisconsin beats Ohio State outright, you know, I will yeah. I will do an audition tape on video, submit it to TikTok, submit it to Twitter, uh, and submit it to Instagram if the Badgers went out. Uh let's let's put it in. That's that's the bet. It's an ash, it's an anthem bet. Uh, maybe this is a new thing where we just have anthem bets left and right. Could get de- deadly. So at some point, I'm going to get bit by it, uh, but I, I kind of like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, it works for me. Let's, now, let's do it. I, now here's the, the odds question. of it happening, I think, are pretty low or low enough yeah, right. that, I would, that, I would, that I would feel like it's kind of worthwhile. Right. So then we'll have to see if we have to get you into an anthem bet or something similar. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll have to find. Not this time around. We'll just, well, it'll ha- it has to come organically, right? It has to be something 
that might make you a little bit uncomfortable, but just good enough, right? Not too, not too uncomfortable. I don't think singing the national anthem on video is that uncomfortable. I was in choir before, I, I you know, regretfully. But yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like I'm eating nine hot dogs or anything like that. Not that that bet was once made or anything like that. Uh, but anyways, you uh, were in you, you were in chorus class. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same here. I was in eighth grade as well. I think I did it. I think I did it because seventh grade I did band and mm-hmm. I I didn't like. I I guess I didn't care for having to haul around a fucking instrument everywhere and pretending to practice it and you know coming to the coming to the, the concerts every whatever couple months and not knowing what the hell to play so i was like well let's just sing for a year i and played then I, think, then I think i went back for ninth grade and then that was it i played trombone uh, my fifth and sixth grade year my first my first semester in middle school i got a c for it and then i got an f in quarter two and my parents little bit Karen's um not gonna lie uh <laughs> freaked out at the professor <laughs> and we're like oh it's, his, oh, it's oh not professor it's, teacher. It's, it's their fault it's right their fault. right exactly like I just I didn't understand why I was getting an F um but yeah I think they they worked with the principal and got that we're like it's completely unfair pulled me out of band that was it um and I went to choir ever since because I think you needed a music elective so there you have it but anyways, exactly. uh, yes, as mentioned, and to start the show uh, with Wisconsin, we didn't talk about last week because there was really no need playing New Mexico State, and they took care of business as expected. Now they, they were bad. I mean, now, they are. Yeah. They, I feel bad for Jerry Kill. I didn't realize he was the coach. He and... kind of forced his way into it. Like, the guy was like, oh, I can't coach because I have seizures. And I was right. like, oh, JK, I kind of want to coach again because those guys are just sickos. They they have to, like, they can't oh, stop. Yeah, exactly. It's like I they, mean, it's crazy. And coaching New Mexico State can't do anything to help physical or mental health. Nah. I mean, that is like I they are like a high school team. I'm I mean, pre- I'm pretty sure they're playing Hawaii this week, and that could be the worst college football game of the year. Hawaii's awful. That's <laughs> like that's like 130 versus 131. UMass is pretty bad too. Those are kind of like the three axes so, of UConn awful. is pretty bad too, right? UConn is bad, but they they added Jim Mora this year, so like they at least have a pulse. I would say they're bad, but they at least have a pulse. But yeah, they almost, it, they, almost they almost beat or they did beat Utah State. So. No, they lost, but they covered. Um, but so yeah, I mean, but they hung in there against Utah State, and yeah, so Badgers cleared that. They have Ohio State. We've just we discussed a couple weeks ago when we were doing Badger preview stuff if. You know, you have Ohio State early or later. Ohio State struggled against Notre Dame in the first half. It was thought like this would be a big upset. They were able to kind of pull away. Notre Dame hasn't exactly looked great since right. that game. Uh, they lost to Marshall. Then we were in a dogfight with Cal last week. So you can kind of look at that and say, well, maybe there's an area of opportunity. Ohio State kind of he- really heated up against Toledo last week, putting up 77 fucking points. And I think you saw the peak of what Ohio State could be. But this is, I think, less of a preview and more of an introspective look on the Badgers. And the Badgers are at this position where they are not maybe that elite team anymore. I had said that the Badgers needed to adapt a couple weeks ago after a loss to Washington State, that the proof is in the pudding. Teams like Iowa, teams like Stanford, 
are playing similar styles of football and not succeeding because they're not bringing in the athletes they need. And while I think now we want the Badgers to win because of the anthem bet, I still don't think they need to win this game, Mitch, but I just think it's extremely important for them to keep it close and be respectful in this one and look like they belong with the big boys. Yeah, because I think, as you mentioned, it, it, it is starting to look like they're not keeping up with some of the big boys. And I think that this game could be a showcase of sorts of, you know, it's going to be a 6:30 ABC national television, Ohio state, ton of eyeballs in the horseshoe. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not going to call it a, a recruiting tool per se, but I mean, yeah, to, for the sake of the brand of the university, which has probably taken a hit. I mean, you, you want to look like you can hang. And Ohio State has is a top three three to five brand in college football. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody's going there. They're 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 dominating. Um, you know, right, basically right there with with Alabama and Georgia. Now, I do think mm-hmm. they probably get smoked by both those teams um, at this point. I, well, maybe maybe not. That's a little uh, spicy, but I, I don't think they'd beat them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so <laughs> okay, you, you don't you don't agree? No, I think Ohio State's going to win the national championship. Well. Okay, that's true. I guess you have you have been on that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It is it's so what a nineteen point spread? Yeah, 19, into this 18, 18 or nineteen, wherever wherever you're looking. Um, so yeah, right. I mean, which which is like if you cover that, I don't know. Like you can lose by seventeen, I guess, and cover that. And like, do you feel good about that? I don't know. I, I mean, um, it's all about the game flow, right? It's right. like okay, do if you're within if you're within single digits for most of the game, and then. Jackson Smith Najiba breaks a long touchdown at the end to make it 17. I think you still come away with that and say you hung with them. You and I think yeah. that's the that's the fundamental problem is in these games in the last couple of years, it hasn't looked like Wisconsin belonged. They were so sloppy against Notre Dame last year. They got dump trucked by Michigan at home. Like lost they, to Penn State. Lost to Penn State. That one they did hang with Penn State. But, it but was, that was an ugly first game of the year. Right. Like, that was, it, yeah, it was a brawl. I mean, that was just last team with the ball wins. And who knows? Maybe Wisconsin makes it into that. I think that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to study what Notre Dame did about pacing yeah. and not, you know, taking their time with everything and see what they can do. I, I will well, say that. Ohio that's State, what I was going to say is that, like, if the Notre Dame sort of blueprint from a couple weeks ago if that's the game, I mean, like it very well could be a pretty carbon copy of that game where like yeah. the Badger, it, like I think that's, I don't know if that's best case scenario for Wisconsin, but like where you're up 10-7, like through three quarters or something, let's say, or 14-10 or one of those things. And then Ohio State ultimately wins by, you know, close to the, to the number. I mean, I think you'd feel pretty good about that. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the Badgers are well-equipped to do that. I guess that Notre Dame doing what they did to Ohio State and now what we found out about Notre Dame after a couple yeah, of weeks, right. I mean, it, it kind of feels like Wisconsin could do that and, and maybe do it better. Um, it's possible. I, I don't – you know, I'm not going to say they're, they're, they're going to win, but, I mean, you got to get – you got to play your game and if you get if you get down early, I mean it's it's if it's fourteen nothing and we're halfway through the first quarter, I mean it's it's uh 
it's scary. It's, 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 yeah, it's yeah, scary. It's scary hours. It's scary sure. hours. It's the blackout. It's like every, you just get consumed into the darkness, you know, and it becomes more like the upside down and it's just a nightmare. And I think for Wisconsin, it, you know, Braylon Allen, this is a major game for Braylon Allen too, because yeah. to your point about all the eyeballs, like Braylon Allen has a 175 or 200 yard game in this one breaks a couple of big runs, he's going to be put in the pedestal. Dejon Robinson has not necessarily had this start that I think people expected him to, the running back from Texas, for those unfamiliar. And so he kind of can take the throne as like the lead dog from a running back position. And that's that's out there. And one of the things that Notre Dame didn't have that Wisconsin does have is a running game. Like they were still, they were replacing all their guys from last year. They really did not do a ton. And that's what made that whole like hanging with Ohio state so incredible. And the other thought I'd add is like teams have looked uh, semi vulnerable this year, besides Georgia, like Alabama was in a fight with Texas for an entire game. That was, and I, I truly believe with Quinn euros, euros, Quinn euros, euros. I think that's yours. Yours. Thank you. If yours doesn't get hurt, I think they win that game. I think Texas wins outright. And yeah, yeah. they should have, they should have probably should have anyway. Right. And like, and, and so there's that portion of it. Like, I just don't know who's actually good besides Georgia, but even Georgia, I mean, they have kind of like Oregon, the Oregon win looks more impressive, but Bruce, I was listening to Bruce Feldman with Ryan Marcello and Feldman's one of my favorite guys to, to read and listen. And Feldman was like, everybody commented like how unprepared they were and they just weren't ready for it. And it's like, you almost wonder if, it's a new coaching staff. They had like one of their best players die tragically. Like you almost wonder if like, they're just, they were not ready for that game. And they kind of almost pulled the Packers and mailed in week one. And so I, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, I don't know when Georgia gets tested first, but all I'm saying is I think the NIL and the, not, not the NIL, the transfer portal has sort of close in the gap, even though, these teams are still elite. I still think there's a better fighting shot with these teams. Yeah. Well, we'll, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. Well, we'll definitely have to see. Well, and I, that's, that's going to be monitored over the next two years for sure. I think oh, it's total, oh totally. Yeah. It's, it's probably too soon. You're right. And, and I think now the question becomes if it does go bad, like we've kind of talked about, well, if it goes more moral victory slash, it goes the way that Badger fans hope it will. If it goes off the rails and they lose like 41 to 10, let's just say, I think it is panic button. I think it's fire Paul Christ. I think it's this program is not anywhere close to Ohio state. I think it's always been assumed that they are like a step below. And I think Badger fans accepted that. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Like, I don't think that's a loser mentality. Ohio State has so many more resources that they pump into that in their bigger state and everything else. So, I, I mean, what what well, is that reaction? If Jim Polzine asks for thoughts after the game, which, by the way, um, as an aside, that is an all-time scroll Twitter is when Polzine asks for thoughts after a Badgers loss. I, as a Marquette basketball fan, I do enjoy it more when the Badger basketball team loses, but it's enjoyable nonetheless because there are some unhinged responses Win or lose. Well, yeah. I mean, that's because, well, 
I don't, I don't want to say it, but I, you know, <laughs> Badger fans are kind of delusional. And oh, yeah. that's, that's what I was going to say is, I mean, if they do get shit pumped by Ohio state, which is certainly likely this weekend, I mean, I don't know if it's like, should it be a panic situation? Like oh. you're, 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 you're not on the level of Ohio state. We all know that. I, I think, I mean, and you're not even close. So you don't and, think you don't, sorry to interrupt, but you don't think that they should panic. They should pay. So you think Badger fans should kind of relax, even if they get beat by, let's say, well, I think it's, I think it's fair to be angry in the moment, but it's right. like, you know, big picture again, it's like, are you, you'd like to hang, hang with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, Talent wise, I mean, all the above, you're, you're not anywhere near the class of Ohio state. And it's, it's, you know, it would be, I mean, they're, they're a 19 point dog for a reason. Right. I mean, it, it would be quite a victory if, yes. if it happened. Yeah. Um, but and but if, if they get, I mean, whether, whether they lose by, you know, a heartbreaking loss would suck. But, that would be actually be almost worse because it would be like, right. you're so close and then it just it it falls apart at the end and you had this golden opportunity where you're back in the national spotlight probably right. for the first time in a long time you are the headline of the weekend and i i do think there's a lot of opportunity for some people to lose this weekend there are a lot of tricky games um but regardless none of them would trump wisconsin on the abc broadcast with fowler and herb street taking down ohio state well, and you're, I mean, if you'd win, you're possibly, and you could, you, you run the table. I mean, which is a lot to ask. Yes. But you could possibly be in the discussion. Oh, yeah. Playoff. Yeah. You immediately vault yourself in there because likely you're facing Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. And then it becomes okay. Even if you lose, you still have that win. So and it's, and it, that, like that, it, it was a bad loss against Washington State, but you can kind of cancel that. I, I, I don't know if it's a bad. I mean, we'll see yeah. how we'll just kind of see how. I mean, Washington State is Oregon this weekend at home. I I actually kind of like the Cougs a lot in that spot, yeah. but like if they were to beat Oregon, I think then that helps. Oh, totally. Yeah, that that totally helps the profile of what Wisconsin's going through. But yeah, I, I mean that you've kind of given, we've kind of given both ends of the spectrum. Like it's the panic button. If you lose it, then is like this whole change of philosophy on everything. And Chris, on Mertz, uh, I think everyone's high on Braylon Allen. I think Leonard probably goes to another level, even though I think he's seen as sort of a deity, but I think the pressure on Chris to go back, if you, if we're okay, are we okay to go back? Yeah. If, if they fall apart and they look terrible, I think the pressure on Chris will get hot because you have Jim Leonard. He's sitting right there and he's ready to probably be a head coach. He might not yeah. say that externally, but I'm sure in conversations with his wife and conversations with his agent, he's probably like, look, man, I I know I don't have that much time. Probably sees what Dave Aranda's doing, right? The guy who preceded him and he's been awesome at Baylor and done a great job. And the other thing too, if Kansas keeps winning, there's going to be a lot of smoke around Lance Leopold to go back to Wisconsin. I know that he coached at Nebraska, and I think that would actually be an extremely smart hire for Nebraska to make. But if there's a chance where Wisconsin could maybe steal him, 
I mean, you got to, you have to consider it. What he's done with Kansas already this year is incredible. He said they're three and oh, and, and revived that. And I think they're the most efficient offense in college football right now. Wow. I mean, that guy has just been, you know, he was obviously a legend at Whitewater and was real solid at Buffalo. Right. Yep. And yeah, I mean, Kansas is <laughs> uh, not a good football program. And, oh. and if he could, and if he could get them, he's going to be a big name um, out there. He's trying to, I mean, he's in his first year though. No, second, With, second year. He was, he was there last year. year. Second year, but some for those fucking schools are so crazy, man. They don't care. They just look at it and are like, oh, you're winning. Oh, you like, I think he's done enough to show that he's done it at every level. Why can't he do it at the like highest level? And I don't even consider Nebraska the highest level, but you get my point. Right. I think, and I think to also touch on your topic about why you shouldn't freak out, the Big Ten West is a joke. Someone pointed out today that if Iowa were to lose and Minnesota were to lose, that Northwestern would be on top of the Big Ten West with a what it old record who just lost to Southern Southern Illinois last week, they would be on top of the Big Ten West. Because um, they beat in, Nebraska they in Week Zero. Yes, because they beat Nebraska in Week Zero. Now, I will say, and I know this is probably hard for bad fans here, but, like, that Minnesota Golden Gopher team is good. Like, I know they played a bunch of cupcakes. I understand that. And I'm, sure, I'm very interested to watch them against uh, Michigan State this weekend. That's probably, like, number two on my radar this weekend. Because I want to see if, Mich- if Minnesota's real. They brought back everybody. It seems like P.J. Flex, one last shot before he kind of has to retool and rebuild. And they have a pretty easy schedule besides a road trip to Michigan State and a night game at Penn State. But they host Iowa. They go to Wisconsin where they've won before. They're not, I wouldn't say, afraid of Wisconsin. So, I mean, you could be really talking about Minnesota as the best team in the Big Ten West. Which would even drive would, would drive Badger fans even crazier. Yeah, and Minnesota rolled Colorado. Oh, which, yeah. I mean, it's a Power Five win. You know, I mean, Colorado. I Colorado might be the new Kansas, though. Like Colorado, Colorado must mess. be dog shit. Clearly. Yeah, Colorado's a mess. They had to write a they had to write a, like a letter to their uh, their boosters after the game, being like, <laughs> "Hey, we know this sucks. We're trying to figure it out." And oh yeah, by the way, I didn't say this in the letter, but he's like, oh yeah, by the way, like if you want to fi- help this, help us out, like maybe help pay to buy out our fucking coach so we can go <laughs> look for a new, go look for a new one. Yeah, I mean, when it gets to that point, that's uh, never never a good sign. Uh, well, it was. I mean, sure. it was revealed that Steve Wojciechowski's buyout was nine million dollars in that Seth Davis mm-hmm. pulp piece, and that's a that's a pretty steep buyout, man. I was like, holy yeah. fuck. Um, well, but, I mean, everybody knows that's why UWM held on to Rod, Rob Jeter for so long because right. they, yeah. they backed up the Brinks truck for the guy and <laughs> things from day one and things didn't really, things fell off, you know, gradually and they really had to keep him for a couple of years too long because, uh, you know, it was just a little too much for the, for the athletic department to handle. Yeah, yeah. Really UW, UWM doesn't have that uh, Mark no, lawyer, lawyer and dentist money. Um, right, coming, and coming they also in. aren't they aren't drawing you know fifteen thousand fans to every game. So, right. Um, you know that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah. uh, as far I mean you know I, I guess what I was saying about um, if they do get blown out the Badgers this weekend, it's you know 
really the pressure is still more on Ohio State, I think. I mean, what what do the Badgers have to lose, really? Oh, totally. It's house, mean, it's a use, weirdly house money situation for them. The pressure no, I'm for, not saying I'm not saying the team should look at it that way, but it's like, you know, if you lose, you know, your season's kind of already on the back burner with the loss to Washington State. I mean, if they were three and zero, I think it it would be a ton of pressure on Wisconsin in a, in a way. You'd probably like, and you'd probably have game day there too. Like game day is at uh, Florida, Tennessee, but the Badgers would have been ranked. You, it would probably have the. It might be the eleven a.m. kickoff. No, ABC ABC locked this one in, so this was an ABC game from through and through, but because um, they are able to get rights on some of these big time games, and this was one they wanted because Ohio State rating-wise, is probably the biggest rating monster of all of them, weirdly enough, out of, like, Georgia, Alabama. Like, Ohio State's pulling in, like, I think their rating for the Ohio State-Notre Dame game was, like, a 10. Like, well, that's and, because Ohio State's, like, the biggest school in the country. No, they so are. And that's the alumni your, base is incredible. Right. And to your point about is this a – is this a sort of, like, you know, pressure situation for Ohio State? It's like, yeah, I, I agree. I think everything's pressure for them. I will say that this is a – their schedule is not that difficult. They have to go to Michigan State in a couple of weeks, but I don't know how good Michigan State is. They host Iowa, which just is a, is a war. Like, Iowa is not good, but they're just mean. Like, that's just – you have a bunch of bruises. And then you go to Penn State October 29th, and that's the one that could be a, that could be a top five matchup when it's all said and done in October. Yeah, yeah, that could be. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, I guess the goals are different between Ohio State and Wisconsin. I yeah. mean, the expectations are through the roof at Ohio State, deservedly so. I mean, they expect to be in the national football, in the, in the playoff every year. And the amount of resources and all the winning they've done, uh, certainly that's not, you know, hard to believe. Whereas Wisconsin, I mean, I think they're kind of just okay with, if they get to the Big Ten championship game, that's a good season. And they've right. been able to do that a lot the last 10 years because right. the big 10 West is, you know, there might be one other team, you know, in Iowa occasionally, um, Minnesota. Northwestern has not anymore, but last couple of years, Northwestern has found their way as well. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I real quick before I ask for like, if they're going to stay in the number or not, and before I move on to Brady Rogers and the whole Packers Buccaneers thing, if you had to rank most likable to least likable to just okay between Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, where, where are you going? Most likable, prob for me, yeah, probably, probably Penn State. Oh, interesting. I would actually, I would probably put Penn State as my least likable, just because. Uh, yeah, I really don't like James Franklin. I think James Franklin's a fucking uh, just a showman. Like, I just don't like him. I don't know. There's something about James Franklin. It's all coaching. Uh, I'm not, I just can't. Yeah. Can't. He, he definitely, if you listen to him talk, it's a little annoying. Oh yeah. my God. It's like, he's like this fake ass Russell Wilson pre- preacher bullshit. Like I, Harbaugh is a weirdo, but I, I can deal with Harbaugh. Although Michigan just has this arrogance about him that I, I don't necessarily like from their fan base and just the big house and the jerseys. There's just, you just look at it and you think arrogance, in my opinion, more so than Penn State. So 
I waver on that. I probably put Ohio State at number one. I'm sorry, I steamrolled my question that I you, asked. You, asked you like you like Ohio State the most? I would say they're the most tolerable. I don't wouldn't say I like Ohio State. I think it's fun when Ohio State loses. I think it's fun when any of those teams lose. But I think it's you know it's kind of like Alabama, right? But I still am a more of a Big Ten guy than I'll be an SEC guy probably out any day of the week from a football perspective. Yeah, I guess I've kind of always been more on the Michigan side if, if I had to pick, you know, because the world makes us pick sides and rivalries. I would say I am would be more of a Michigan guy yeah. than Ohio State, but it's, you know, it's like picking between, you know, I don't know. I think it really just comes down to, yeah, I would probably lean with you. Like I was cheering for Michigan last year when they were pounding Ohio State. I thought that was cool. And so I guess maybe I'm, maybe I need, maybe I it's like have it. It's like picking between like do I want to taste malort or pickled onions? <laughs> like, right? Just, exactly. It's uh, it's not gross things. It's like picking between the Cardinals or the Cubs. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's very that's the that's the comparison. It's very Cardinals and Cubs, no doubt about it. Or pick if we had to do a Yankees Mets World Series, which would be brutal. Um, I couldn't do that. I just I can't. Just cannot. Not when John Heyman's calling Aaron Judge this season one of the best ever. But that's here and there. Okay. Uh, so before we go to Brady Rogers, do you think that uh, Wisconsin keeps it within the 18 points? I'm going to say slightly out of it. Okay. So like yeah. 21 front door yeah. cover. I'm going to, yeah, I can huh. see like 38, 17. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, uh, you know, somewhere in there. We will see how legitimate Ohio State's defense is. Yeah. And we'll see if Graham Mertz can can build off a, a decent performance against a really bad team. I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not too excited about Graham Mertz so far. But, uh, um, yeah. Knows? Yeah. And, you know, we also factor in we're at our good friend Tyler's house, and we've seen a lot of games there. Um, it hasn't always worked out, but it's a new location. So maybe, you know, the vibes are different. We'll just yeah. kind of have to see. The, the seating arrangement will be an unknown. For you, so. oh yeah that actually i didn't even think about that but you're gonna you have know. to <laughs> well it's, we're gonna have to find something that works for you i mean we we had a pre-planned meeting with my wife on when we were going um and it seems like we'll be there in enough time to kind of get our seats maybe catch that into florida tennessee be all right minnesota michigan state whatever whatever tickles our fancy whatever game is good um and yeah i think i think we'll be okay we'll, we'll figure it out mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, moving on to the other big game of the weekend, uh, Packers-Buccaneers. I took some flack internally. Uh, my producers were telling me that I should care more about the Brady-Rogers rivalry. And I just don't know, man. Like, I, Maybe I'm just in the content game so much that my head's a little buried on this, which I – look, I get it. It happens. But I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't really think the NFL has been selling it that well. I think, like, if I look at all the discussion this weekend, it's been a lot about the Bills. I know they talked about Packers-Buccaneers as the lead on first take today, but it was not really about Brady and Rodgers or, you know, the two guys. It was more about Rodgers' commentary on McAfee about, you know, needing a Herculean effort to win this game. So I guess, like, my question to you is, is the Brady-Rodgers stuff a little bit overrated uh, versus some of the other quote-unquote quarterback rivalries yeah probably it, it's it's i think it gets overrated because it's too 
two of the all-time greats and you know they're they're always in the news you know Rodgers I think since draft day 2021 has been elevated to this like thing with the media where you know he's kind of gone into the Brady the Brady zone where it's like every fucking thing he does is is under a microscope and whereas I feel like before it was a little bit like you know no drama um Green Bay who cares Packers win 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 no dysfunction yada 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 and and now this has all be you know kind of been put in a blender and um the last six you know, 18 months or whatever. And, but at the same time, it's, it's overrated because they've never really matched up that much. And yes, and they haven't certainly haven't met in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. You get, you got the one NFC championship game meeting two seasons ago. And that wasn't necessarily like a, a you know, a quarterback duel for the ages, right. like you saw with um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes a year ago that, you know, presumably we're going to get for 10 more years. And, you know, I guess now the only story is um, the passing of the torch from, I guess, you know, now Brady and Rogers, I mean, Brady's been the old guard for 10 years now. Um, but Rogers is kind of in the last few years of his career or so we think. And um, yeah, I, I guess it, it is, that probably would be your story if you're, um, Aaron Andrews, you know, yes. on, yeah, Tom, uh, Tom Rinaldi, Tom Rinaldi yeah. on the other side, carrying the piano. Um, yeah, as opposed to as opposed to Melissa Stark, which I got to say, I, I just I thought was just interesting. Before the game on Sunday, you know, they throw it to her, and she's like, "Oh, people didn't know if Rogers would retire or not." And there's a lot of speculation. And I was thinking, like, was there? Like, not really. Not not maybe last year. Right. He got his money pretty early this year. And right. He like, it was right, he's coming back. It happened like right before right before the the like NFL New Year began. It was like the March. I was weirdly in the office that day, um, which was bad for content. And Rogers gets paid and gets this huge deal. And that was it. Yeah, there wasn't a back and forth on it at all. I do think though, if Rogers were to win a Super Bowl this year, it'd be really hard for me to think that he's going to keep playing like Tom Brady. Like he's said it so many times. He does not want to be Tom Brady. And it's, it's kind of interesting. I think that's another angle I guess you could take is that there is a chance that this is the last time and any time I think will be the last time. I think it hurts the quote unquote rivalry that they didn't play each other last year in the playoffs. You know, the bills and chiefs, as you mentioned, played last year, but they also played in 2020. So they've kind of built this thing now. Now it's a thing. Like, and you heard uh, Matt Miller of who NFL draft scout who some spicy takes here and there, but he's like, why can't Chiefs fans and Bulls fans enjoy that they have a generational channel before there's a pissing contest? I'm like, bud, that's fucking turn on first take, turn on undisputed. That's all this fucking thing is. Well, and that's like, that's what makes sports fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was the whole, like, for a while, we could have the Brady Rogers discourse and then Brady won a bunch more Super Bowls and then it was over. And that's the other part of it where you can't really argue with the Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers because of the Super Bowls. And yes, I do think you put Aaron Rodgers with Bill Belichick, you have some similar outcomes probably. But I, I can't like say if you put Brady with Mike McCarthy 
or with Matt LaFleur, is, is, are things different? I don't know that. I, I don't. That's so hard. I I just well, I do think Brady gets a huge bump for being with Belichick for all these years. Well, I mean, I I think I feel like Brady's shown enough in the last two years without Belichick. That oh yeah, no, I don't no. know if that if it really matters because the way Brady has always played, it, it's it's you know he gets rid of the ball so fast, like so faster than anybody. Like I feel like his his processing of the play and a lot of pre snap stuff. You know, he he knows where he's going with it, and you can't get to him. No, which is why you know at forty five years old, he's able to to be successful. And um, I don't know. Uh, eventually, it's going to happen. I I thought it might be this year. It's still early. They didn't look great last week no. on offense, and um, really in week one either. No, so and, you and know I, their defense their defense has been tremendous, but um, you know Tom's done enough. But yeah. It my uh one of my Twitter followers Brian pointed out asked like is this kind of Brady's like year from hell like is this like is this kind of it that everything just goes to shit and kind of is like late stage Favre and I said it's you know what it's probably more like Peyton Manning his last year where Peyton Manning didn't have it it was over but Peyton Manning had such a good defense that it didn't matter and he won yeah. a Super Bowl anyways. I still I don't know exactly about this Bucks defense. I think we're gonna know a lot more about this defense in the next two weeks because they play the Packers and they play the Chiefs. So we're gonna know so much more about well, what the what that defense looks like in the next two weeks. And I also wouldn't act like the Packers offense is is a juggernaut. No, not yet. I think I think in a few I think teams are gonna be lucky if you play the Packers early. I think by November, I think Packers are going to figure it out offensively and really start to cook. But let's and, get it. Oh, go ahead. Well, well, no, we can't. Go ahead, because what I'm going to say yeah. is. Yeah, why don't we do it? Let's get into importance rankings. Um, we do this now every week with the uh, Packers. Basically, what it is is we pick three things that are we feel like are the most important things from the game. Now, they can be players. They can be situational shit. They can be coaches. Um, really, anything under the sun. You could do something completely random. Um, but I will open it up to you, Mitch. I had first pick last week, so we'll give you uh, the floor for number one. All right. Well, thank you. I, I will do that. The with the number one overall pick, <laughs> I will select um, the running game. Like, is that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I. If I'm trying to think if I should pick one specific person for that. And... You want to pick? Do you want to pick the combination of Jones and Dylan? Do you want to pick the? offensive the you know the run block you did offensive line last week but yeah so, so i'm gonna i would say aaron jones probably because he was awesome last week and can he do that again you know eight touches in week one not enough that's not necessarily his fault there's in fact it's the opposite of his fault i mean that's some on rogers some on the floor you know aj Dillon was much more involved week one as a fantasy owner i would like to see that go back but at the same time, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Jones was was really good. And I, I think, you know, he is their best playmaker on offense. And I feel like you got to get the ball in his hands in order to combat this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Um, whether that's, you know, they do use a ton of motion on offense. And that's kind of the popular thing to do in the NFL right now. Um, a, lot of, a lot of pre-snap motion, moving guys around. Uh, you know, just just get him out in space and and somehow get him the ball because he was tremendous last week against the Bears and I think he's got to be got to be good again 
and be involved and get going early against Tampa Bay to give the Packers a a really good chance at at taking down the Buccaneers. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think Jones, you know, usage is going to be fascinating with the weather, right? It's 89 degrees projected. How yeah. much are, are they going to use Jones in that same capacity or are they going to really try to be more balanced? Um, we, Matt LaFleur talks all the time about hot piss and needing to come out hot. Like right now, we not only need hot piss, then do we, need clear, we need clear piss. We need clear piss. Like we need, cha- yeah. I don't know, do you remember the Tom Herman P chart? Like we need championship level piss um, for like no bad teammates. Because yeah, sure. like you don't want cramps and things like that. And you just have to avoid, you know, that sort of thing and yeah. wear and tear. And well, and they, and they, they like, they ran the ball really well, both guys. I mean, yes, it, you know, a lot of guys, they gave up a lot of big runs too, but um, I it just, you know, don't go away from it and um, run to open up the pass. I mean, that's, right? I know that's, that's mind blowing, mind blowing perspective there uh, when you're talking about football, but God forbid. Right. And this is not the same run defense that they faced in 2020 when they, whether it was the playoff game or the, the game down in Tampa, you know, Jones in that game had 10 carries for 15 yards um, and really wasn't that effective. But a lot of that had to do with the Tampa run defense was solid and New Orleans, I think didn't run enough. And I know it was Mark Ingram and I understand that he's washed at this point, but like they were averaging 5.1 yards a clip like as a team. And so why didn't they do it more is my, was my question. And I'll be curious to see kind of the approach early on in this one, because I do think there is, you know, there's a chance that they could kind of wear them down a little bit. And even though it is, they should be accustomed to the weather. You never know, man, this is the first one for Tampa too outside. They played both games in a dome controlled environment. Like they're have to consider some of that shit early on in the season. You just do. It's not, it's, I don't, I know that maybe it's overdone, but yeah, just never know, man. So. Well, and there's going to be a lot of Packer fans there too. Oh yeah. 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 Even though it's a home game for Tampa, there's going to be a really, really good, good contingent of Packer fans. My, my importance ranking is limiting the Aaron Rodgers mistakes. I know what you're thinking. You're like, Charlie, Aaron Rodgers does not make mistakes. How, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I, Look, and we, I went over it yes, uh, on yesterday's show how Rodgers struggles in Tampa Bay. His stats are crazy. But if you go back to that game in Tampa when it went off the rails and the Buccaneers scored 32 unanswered, it was all on number 12. Packers had a 10-0 lead in that game. A 10-0 lead into the second quarter. They force Tampa to punt, so they're up 10-0. And then Rodgers throws a pick six to Jamal Dean and it's 10 7. And then what does Rodgers do? He throws yet another pick to Mike Edwards, who nearly houses it. And then Tampa takes it in for a touchdown. And everything goes to shit from there. And it just rolls right downhill. So, and Aaron Rodgers, this happened also too when they played Josh Freeman years ago. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, threw his first pick six of his career in that game. And like, and they lost that one. And so they just, he just has to play within himself. He has to not try too hard. He's had two fumbles already this year, which he was didn't even fumble at all last year. Like 
there's just a lot that Aaron, I think just Rogers needs to get a little more acclimated with the guys he's playing with and not try to force anything. And maybe this is where a situation where not having Devonte Adams actually helps because you're not trying to force it to him every time and trying to say, all right, I'm going to make this play to Adams. And it turns out instead it's an interception, which didn't happen often to Rogers, but both of the ones that he threw were passed short intended for Devontae Adams. And they were both an interception. So who knows? Maybe that's just my dumb brain of trying to think that maybe this will be a little different when he goes to Tampa this time around. Well, and we'll see um, if this is the game where, you know, the new look wide receiving core comes into its own a little bit more, um, you know, offensive or aerially or whatever, whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. Through the passing game, the first two games, I thought, you know, week one was obviously pretty bad. A little bit better week two, but I feel like there's still some some, uh, some kinks to work out. And maybe by, you know, we get to week three here, there, there's a little better body language, a little bit more um, trust in the receivers. And some of the younger guys are, are, are where they need to be by with another week of practice. Um, you know, more, yeah, more as rela- the season goes more, on. More relationship building with Rodgers, the whole yeah. thing. I mean, the tape boys had pointed out, you know, there was a first down that Rodgers got with Alan Lazard. It was a pretty nice pass. It was just did your job, like got, got it done. It was a third down play. But if you look in the lower left, Christian Watson absolutely smokes Jalen Johnson off the line. Like absolutely destroys him off the line and had a vertical route wide open. Yeah. And Rogers just puts it in there. It's well, six points if Watson catches it. He's gonna have that, I think. If there's anything that a guy can do, it's I mean, look at MVS. He got a pretty good contract from basically running running fly routes yeah. <laughs> all game long. So I yeah, mean, I, I think, think well, if, I think Watson's more than that, but I hear what you're saying. I think early well, on, for now. I mean, for now, yeah. I, I wonder. I do wonder. Like, is he? Is this going to be the chance where Rogers like we're going to take another shot with you? And I. So like, here's like my two prong thought on that. It, it's gonna. I'm going to argue with myself, but here we go. Anyways, my one thought of it is like, yes, it makes sense for Rogers to take an early shot with Watson because. Tampa blitzes like Todd Bowles is going to set the house. Like that's what Todd Bowles does defensively. He just blitzes and blitzes and blitzes and it's an aggressive ass defense. So there's going to be areas of opportunity to probably go deep. That's number one. But then where I debate it and I'll let you be the decider is again, it's a road environment, maybe a little more pressure versus the comfort of Lambeau field where you know that like, you're not getting like, Hey, miss it, miss it. Or like, you feel this immense amount of pressure because it's this premier game. Now we're at the Packers who play in the primetime slot or in the afternoon primetime slot next week too, but I don't think Patriots Packers has as much significance. Yeah. Ah, man, that's, that's interesting. I, I guess, I guess I, I'd rather see a, a deep shot early um, just because, you know, it's probably going to be there with Watson again at some point and you know, first drive, might as well. Um, you know, you have Alan Lazard there, which you didn't have in week one, which I think really without Lazard there, I, I don't know if you had the kind of calming influence that right. you did you did in week two with him. Um, you, you should have him this week and everything. And um, 
I don't know. I, I'm down for a deep shot early against, I, against Tom Brady. I'd love to also see, like, giving Watson, like, something quick, whether it's, like, a screen or a, like, yeah. a reverse or jet sweep. Really, we don't do reverses anymore in, in football. Um, a jet sweep or something else, something just to, like, make him feel good get him get his body set oh, yeah like, he's, all right he's he's like a i don't know like a like a baby cheetah he's a gazelle man he's yeah. like he is he's like a you know there's a little bit of like he could be a member of the milwaukee bucks like he use has the, that use the speed like it's such a it's such a weapon in today's nfl i yeah. mean we're seeing it all the time like receivers are are running the ball a lot i mean and, look at and also look at like what Miami did to Baltimore. I mean, they, I think they noted that Baltimore's corners ran like 6,500 yards. Like just like they were all over the field because they were just assaulting them down the field with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and you know, those guys are other world. Terif- ter- yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 other, they're otherworldly speed. I'm, I'm already not looking forward to Packers Dolphins uh, on Christmas Day. I have uh, a yeah. not feeling great about that. I, it's early, but well, man, I think the Packers schedule has gotten so much harder, and it's only like two weeks. But granted, we could I could have this discussion with you in a month, and we could be like, actually, it's gotten easy because this player got hurt, this player got hurt, that team yeah. isn't as good as we thought they were, and it, and so be it. But right now, I'm not looking forward to the Packers schedule. It looks well, like yeah. it lo- really looks like a fight almost every week. I feel pretty good about you know Stokes and Jair, yes. on the outside. Um, but I don't know if anyone can cover Tyree Kill really. I mean, <laughs> in, a, in, in a phone booth, no, it's it's, oh, it's pretty tough. I don't care who it no. is. Yeah, it, it definitely is. All right, number three for you for the uh, the importance rankings. I'm gonna go just pass rush. Um, yeah. You know, I think Tampa Bay, the offensive line is suspect. Um, now, I did just mention that Tom Brady is a um, the best of all time. Let's say of 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 getting rid of the ball and not have, you know, I guess neutralizing a poor offensive line. I feel like very few people are are in the history of the game are better than him, if anyone. But I don't know. I mean, the Packers have a really good front seven and a really good defensive line. Uh, they only have four sacks so far this year, but um, I don't know. I, hey, I could see, I could see four in this game. I could too. And look, man, I have this. I texted you guys this randomly. I was at the gym. Testosterone was pumping, and I was like, I just need Quay Walker to like go in hot on Brady. Like, I don't even care if he gets a penalty. I really don't. <laughs> like, I, and I'm not saying to hurt Tom Brady, but like, if Quay Walker, rookie, comes in hot, comes in high, gets a roughing the passer. It's kind of like when Kenny Wu gets put in the penalty box and Mighty Ducks too, and he's like two minutes well worth it. Like it's fifteen yards well worth it. Um, yeah, well, yeah rattle, I mean that's 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 you know rattle his cage early. Hell yeah, quite. That's I mean, the only the only way like, you can can really get to Tom Brady. To beat Brady is interior pass rushing, and you have a guy in Quay Walker that is a heat seeking missile. Like he is, he can pack a punch. And let that guy pack the punch at the quarterback. We have not seen Quay Walker blitz. I think this is a big game for Joe Barry because it's weird. I, I yeah. think everyone was ready to say, oh, this is the Joe Barry we expected after week one. And then week two, it's like, oh, Joe Barry's great. Like, you look at all the numbers and they're really good. Like, even though DVOA, again, is down in the Packers, but that's DVOA's thing. Like, 
they there's a lot lot to like like there's a lot to like about like they've done a really good job on third down they've done a really good job on you know uh in the red zones but is that just is that justin fields aided or is that something else and where i think what i was going to say is i mean you it's helped i think by the fact that you were playing a quarterback that you know can't really throw the ball and he they had 70 yards passing or something yeah i was dramatic man i mean I mean, they have about as much trust in Justin Fields as Paul Christ has in his quarterbacks throughout the years. I mean, it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of embarrassing. But, um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Fields isn't comfortable with it. But, I, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Buccaneers offensive line suspect, Mike Evans, obviously famously suspended for this game. And um, Julio Jones banged up. Chris Godwin out. I mean, it's, you know, they're down to Russell Gage. Uh, Cole Beasley might make a cameo. Um, you know, it, you know, it, it, Yeah, I mean, they have, yeah, they have it, no it's, one. I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna help. I think with the Packers' poor safety play, which I know you're you're on. Um, yes, I feel like that's it's gonna be a uh, uh, a hot seat week for them. And, totally. Yeah, I um, think it's a it's a major like if I if we were doing like four or five, like I think the safeties need to show up. Like this is now. It's been two weeks, right? And they haven't shown up. It's about goddamn time. It's about time to to show yourself as borderline Pro Bowl players. And I just don't want to be in a world where the Packers were a year late on Amos and they should have just caught him before the year. And that's like my that's like the if I used to have one well, like thing. You don't have like, anyone else. No, I know. I I look, Mitch, I know. I'm just saying, like, I would have preferred to like get rid of Amos before the season started and sign somebody or draft somebody. And they didn't do that. And now I'm worried that like, is this the thing? Like that's like, and I'm so tortured as a Packers fan. And I realize I, it comes from a place of privilege. I'll admit that we've had a lot of success, mm-hmm. but I now like am hunting out the thing. Like yeah. last year was special teams. And I got on the podcast on the, after that game on the, the reactionary pod that night, I was like, look, this feels like a loss because our special teams were so fucking bad. And I swear to God, guys, if this is going to be 2014 all over again, like I do not want this. This has to be fixed. You need to fire Mo Drayton. Like you need to figure this out. Like just do like cut bait, like figure, figure out how to make this better. And they didn't. And what lo and behold, it, it came back to bite us. Run defense was an issue in, in 2019. Um, and it was a year issue all year. And sure enough, the Niners ran rum shot. I had Niners team was I was much better than the Packers, but still, like it, it, I would have at least like like a fight in that one. And I still contend in twenty twenty, we win that game if either David Bakhtiari is playing or if there's a full crowd at Lambeau Field. I think either or probably results in a, in a victory for the Packers. But maybe yeah. I, maybe that's just my fantasy world that I'll keep living in until we get another Super Bowl. I mean, if you had a healthy David Bakhtiari, I think you're, I think you're probably talking about a Super Bowl. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty important thing to not have. Uh, just all of a sudden, like two days before the game, um, and yeah, it's like for years, you know, we harped on how the the Packers don't use draft capital or spend money on the inside linebacker position, and that seems to be, you know, you know, a strength of the team right now. I mean, I think Devondre Campbell is showing me some things that, you know, he is, he is a, a pro bowl caliber player. And now we have to find somebody to single out. I mean, 
and it's the safeties, right? For for now, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, or Joe Barry, which you know, right. Packer fans, Packer fans hating the defensive coordinator is a is a tale as old as time. Yeah, um, <laughs> since time, I've been on this earth, it's a time honored tradition, right? Exactly. Uh, I forget who I was listening to, but someone's like. There was some vibes of late stage Don Capers, and that almost sounds like a disease. Like, sir, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have late stage Don Don Capers. Um, yeah, I forget who said it. I apologize. I, I might have Bill Schmidt. I don't know, but whoever it was, it was very funny. Um, and I credit you for uh, giving me that. But I I feel good about Packers. I'll probably talk myself into them winning by Sunday. Um, and but I know too if they go one and two. And we're just going to be throwing water on that Monday, so just be ready for that, everybody. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I have Tampa winning. Unfortunately, okay. that's fine. That's fine, Mitch. Uh, I think we, we all know you're a communist, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, we'll see. We'll just see. I don't know. I'd love to sack Brady like nine times and make him retire and be, oh, be the huge story of the weekend of like. Oh, is they no, finally let that happen. Nah. Yeah, we'll see who's ref in the game too. That 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 always matters. But let's move on to maybe the worst thing that we as fans have had to go through in a long time, and that's been the Brewers playoff hunt. Because every week it seems like once once a week we have that moment to that just kicks us in the ass. I said stomp on my dick on the review um, to be a little more vulgar, and I think I don't I can't remember. Did you say this on the podcast last week about how like? You want it on console, but you're like, there's that one game every week where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this is the team. Well, it's it it that's what's been so painful about it, I guess. And again, I'm I got one foot out the circle. Yes. But um it's like it's been a high and a low every week. You know what I mean? Where it's like you get a great like Garrett Mitchell walk off and everybody's happy, and then five games later it's Taylor Rogers walking the bases loaded and giving a fucking grand slam. I mean, it was, or, you know, something like that, that was, that was this week's, I mean, um, you know, you easily could have won two out of three against New York, the Mets, that is, you did yeah. win two out of three against the Yankees, which was, right. which was sort of the, you know, it, I was right there. I, I was, I was ready to, ready to dive back in. Um, had Jason Alexander done the unthinkable and beaten Garrett Cole. I mean, you know what? You know, he almost I, got the chance. I mean, they were up for nothing. And then just yeah. Jason Alexander became Jason Alexander and, if I never have to see Jason Alexander again this year or next year, I'll be thrilled. He's I right up. Do, I kind of want to do like a, a Brewers pitching staff, like tier list and just make it really funny. Oh and, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that as a season wrap up thing. For sure. We'll mark. I'll, I'll put that in my notes. Um, yes. I'm in hundred percent. That would just be like the Brewers. Like a, little, like for, a little example would be like, okay. Elite would be like Corbin Burns, like very good. <laughs> Very good. Okay, fine. I, look, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of at the point now. Like, do you want? We don't really need to go real spicy, but I kind of almost wonder if I'd rather just have to trade him this year and sign Woodruff and sign Willie Adams and say and get a haul. Well, I will say that the last month or so, I guess, has changed my trajectory a little bit too, where it's just like seems like with Woodruff, he's a little more consistent and you may not get 12 or 14 strikeouts, but damn it, you're going to get six innings at least. And it's probably two or, you know, two to five hits. You know, it seems like it's really just very consistent. Whereas Burns, it's like, you might get 14, you get the, 
you get the electric stuff, the more electric stuff. Woody, Woody is, you know, pretty electric in his own right, but you get the more movement, the cutters and stuff like that with Burns. You get the big strikeout numbers, but he seems to also be giving up some some runs, and and it hasn't been hasn't been awesome the last month or so. But um, anyway, uh, you know, I you know, I guess, yeah, okay, very good, Burns, Williams, I would say, Woody, those guys are very good. Kind of your your whatevers are like I don't know, Brad Boxberger. Where it's like I'd put Brad Boxberger way low. Let's do that. Let's literally do like save it. We'll do this at the topic. I promise. This will be. uh, We'll do this like end of the year. Brewer. We can even call it a roast. I don't know. Um, But no, we'll do this. But yeah, I mean, it. it, The funny thing is, is I was so ready to rip Craig Council about the Brasso thing. I did. I mean, I said it. I I was like, okay, yeah, he's a genius. Um, I was wrong because I was like, okay, not only. Did you take Rowdy's bat out of this? And it's two two nothing. Um, but number two, Buck Schulter was ready for it, and like that's like the antithesis of what Craig Council was on Tuesday night, and that's why I think it made me even more mad. Like it, I was just like, how was Council not ready? How did Council not have Matt Bush ready to go? Or if you really felt like this was where you needed Devin Williams. And had Devin Williams for the seventh and eighth, assuming that you were going to have uh, what's his name, Alonzo and and Lindor ready to go. Like, why wasn't Williams ready? I don't know. Like, that's the part that's going to drive me didn't, crazy. Didn't they the, put Williams in like in the eighth inning one game over yeah, the weekend the or something? Yeah, they did against the Yankees yeah. on Friday, and then Taylor Rogers was Taylor Rogers again, and he's been he just I I think Taylor Rogers is just a guy who the butthole gets too tight during, during these, these tight situations and he just can't handle it. Like he can close the game in May, but when the, when the chips are down, he kind of tightens up. I haven't seen it yet. So I hope, I hope wrong. Like I hope he figures it out, but man, it's, it's been rough. Um, but for so with three home run, three pinch hit home runs, he hits another one. He uh, ties the record, which is held by Bob Hamlin uh, in 1998. Well, the more, you know, yeah, I just sort of, I pulled up something for uh, on Dom uh, Sorrento's uh, page, and he had that stat. So credit to him. And in fewer at bats, Brousseau's only done it in seventeen at bats. Aguilar had three with sixty six at bats in two thousand seventeen. Gabe Gross two thousand six had three with fifty nine. Hamlin had four with sixty plate appearances. But yeah, going back to like the just the pain of it all, it's just like. You have no one game 163, so you have to win outright. You don't have tiebreakers against the Phillies or the Padres. So basically, you have to topple them. Like, even if the Brewers are one and a half back, they're still weirdly two and a half back because you have to have that tiebreaker and have to be a game better than the Phillies. And that's really tough. And, yes. and so to go through this, it's like, It'd be totally different if you were like the Baltimore, if you were a Baltimore Orioles fan right now. Now they've fallen off. And it's like, okay, we know though that like next year we can be right there with the Rays, the Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox. Like, we're good. Like we have a young roster that's ready to go. Our ownership is gonna probably spend a little money this offseason. Like, this is this is great. Like, this is exactly where you want to be. Like, this is you know, we talked about more victories at the start of this podcast, like. That is a moral victory for the Orioles fans. But when you're like, 
the Brewers or you're like the White Sox where you had expectations and you're not living up to them. And now you just have to hope that maybe everybody can keep their shit together for two or three weeks. It's like, okay. And you have to rely on teams losing. Like I, I have the Phillies Blue Jays score on my side as I'm talking and Vlad hit a home three run homer in the top of the eighth and they gave the lead right back. They brought in their closer in the ninth or in the, the eighth to try to close it down. Schwarber hit a single. So it's three, three. We're back to even with those two teams um, heading into the ninth inning. If the Phillies don't get a run and, and here you go. Right. And so you have to rely on other people instead well, of just doing your job. And it seems like with the Brewers that it's when they win, the teams are chasing win. when they lose the yes. teams, you know, and it's like, you're, you're not getting you're not getting anywhere, and it's like the other thing too about that adds to the, like the the pain and like just the agony of it all is like it's every day, and you know it's not it, it's just kind of a a gradual slow you know death so to speak, where it's just like you know you're you're mathematically still in it, but it's it's not um it's not looking great, and you know you know you're running out of time and you know, you got to win pretty much every game and then you have to rely on other, other, other teams as well. Like you said, and it's, it's just, it's just, it's just nonstop. Whereas like a football thing, it's kind of like, you know, again, 17 games, you get in the playoffs, you, you kind of know your fate. Right. You know, pretty early. And same with the NBA, right? Like you have six, I mean, 16 teams get in. Now you have the playing stuff. Like it's kind of impossible to be in an NBA. It's kind of like you're avoiding that, that plan. And, and really it's about seeding. And, you know, we had that discussion last year with the Bucks and Celtics, but I think if we all have an honest conversation with ourselves, I don't know if the Bucks are winning at the five serve in game seven. I think they ran out of gas. I just don't think they had anything left, but that's maybe they, they needed to close the door in game six and they should have, if anybody would have came to play besides Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but just thinking about it, it's like, had they not won the championship the year before, that would have been. Oh yeah, that would have been worse than the 2019 Raptors game. Oh, 100 like series. I mean, if they would have been up three two on Boston with a chance to get through that, and you know, not having won a championship and blown that, it, I mean, like that game five against Toronto was probably the most, maybe still to this day, one of the worst, one of the worst days of my life. Like. <laughs> That, that game five home game to go up three, two in the Eastern conference finals. And he lost, uh, just, man, that sucked. But, you know, nonetheless, we, we won the championship and it wasn't, wasn't quite as demoralizing as, as it, as it should have been. But yeah, right. I loss. mean, I got into a fight with my then girl, then girlfriend, I think now wife. Um, Cause we watched it in Sacramento and I was so fucking mad after the game. I was so incensed and she's like, it's just the basketball game. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, you just do not get it. Like, we're going to a nice dinner, and I'm just hot. Like, and it's, like, oh, two blocks away, and I'm just huffing and puffing. And I'm like, I wish Mitch, Mitch was here. And she's like, oh, you can go on vacation with fucking Mitch then. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I will. Like, it's like. And I stand by that, you little fucker. <laughs> oh, man. Kind of like But, no, seriously, like, I was. Yeah, that one that sucked, man. And like, if the Brewers fall like a game or two games short, 
you're just going to look at all these games. You're going to look at that, yeah. that grand slam. You're going to look at the Colorado disaster. You're going to look at those Cubs games that were lost. You're going to look at the Pirates and Reds yeah, games. I mean, you know, speaking, of that, like, I, I, speaking of that, I can't wait to lose three out of four to the Reds this weekend. I I will bet good money that doesn't happen. The Reds are – I mean, the Reds are dead. I mean, the Reds are not – they have nothing to play for. I think uh, they showed Joey Votto was watching the game from the stands. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're mailed in. I mean, Joey Votto, like, they're it's they're they're all planning their trips to Cancun right now. And and again, like that's and, and this is the thing, and I was saying this yesterday, like this is the fucked up thing about it. Like, okay, so the Reds or you're playing the Reds who you should take care of business against. The Phillies, we'll see what happens tonight. We won't have an answer for you before this podcast wraps up. And the Phillies have the Braves this weekend. And the Braves have to keep fighting every day because they're yeah. a shot at winning the NL East, though. And they're so fucking good. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. And the Phillies just lost three games to the Reds. So it's like, it's at home, so that helps, right? Jake Orderizzi's pitching on Friday, and he sucks. Um, but So the Phillies do have some advantages there. But you never know. That, that offense never stops. They never fucking stop. So we'll see what happens, man. It'll be really, really fascinating to watch. It's kind of like 2017 vibes where like yeah. the Brewers came up like a game or two short. Now that was like the first year where they were halfway competitive after a couple of years of right of kind of rebuilding. Right. Um, yeah, it's so or, you weren't, you it, was really expecting it. it was Orioles ask, right? What the well, Orioles well, are this yeah, year. I mean, not not, kinda, not to that kinda, level. No, but you get my point where I, yeah. I kind of talked about how like it was like Oh, it feels yeah, like it, was, it feels it was good a year to be early. here. It was a, it feels good to be here. We're glad to be here, but it's not it's not entirely there. Like they did, they were in first place for sixty days in that season. Finished eighty six and seventy six, and their largest lead was five and a half right around the All Star break. But then the wheels kind of fell off. They didn't really fall off. They just were never they never had that one good month. They were always kind of right around five hundred. Sorry, continue. Well, and the Brewers kind of this year too had a had a five game lead in the division, and you know, obviously with the hater trade, and as a, I'll use that as a merely a numerical point because I don't want to go down that. But like, no, no, I, we don't need we we've already discussed the hater trade enough, man. Like, I, I think take it from what day was that? It was like uh, July August, th- uh, July thirtieth. Here, I'm, I have baseball yeah. reference up. I'll pull it up here. I would hate to see what how many games up they were in the division that day. I think it was three or four. Don't do this to me. Um, I can Another. tell you. So eight, eight back. Right, they traded Josh Hader on on August the first, which was an off day, and then they played the Pirates the next day. They were only two games up on the Cardinals at that point. Yeah. So and the Cardinals then go on. I think the other part of it that's like the double whammy of it. Cardinals really haven't that great of a September. They were so fucking good in April and, or August. And as we know, baseball, man, it's kind of all you need. So, and yeah, the Brewers have sputtered. I mean, they're 12 and 15 in August. They're nine and 10 right now in September. And to the point of September, it's like every time you think that it's going to get better, it's something gets the door shut on you. And you'll look back at that Colorado game where if you just win that, you're, you have a game. If you just win, you know, against the, against the Mets last night, like, oh man. So see what happens. Uh, it's a new day with, and Woodruff's going on the mound on Thursday. So that's, 
that's at least got something going. I think Eric Lauer's going to pitch on Friday, but I'm not that fond of that because Eric Lauer just loves giving up home runs more, more really than life itself. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just, he can't keep the ball in the yard. It's crazy. Like, I well, think there there is some good stuff about Eric Lauer, but he just can't keep the ball in the fucking yard right now. Since like probably Memorial Day, it's kind yeah. of been a fight between him and him and Hauser to see who could be right. who can give up more home runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the yeah the pitching matchups for people that care you got Woodruff against Hunter Green um, tonight. Then you have well, it was Jason Alexander? It'll be Eric Lauer against Mike Miner. Mike Miner, lefty, but he's been kind of trash this year. Burns against Graham Ashcraft. That's another bad loss for the Brewers where Ashcraft was in a duel with Burns. Burns gives up a home run to the fucking nine-hitter. Brewers come back and then lose in extras. That's another one that will stick with you. And then Aaron Ashby against, I think, Luis Sessa is his name. I know played for mm-hmm. the Yankees. So, like, it's there. It's just you got to take advantage of it, and will you? So, we'll, we'll have to see, man. It's going to be – be interested to see how how much we got left and how much if we're going to be still talking about the Brewers in the hunt next week or if something happens dramatically where all of a sudden we're we're out of it. I I don't know. I I think we'll have a discussion at some point about like how much how much more can you take, right? Um, yeah, I think this and weekend matters this, a lot. The schedule is pretty easy from here on out, except for the two of St. Louis. Right, right, and you're at home against St. Louis and. Right. Uh, you know, who knows where St. Louis is from a magic number perspective. I don't, I don't care enough transparently to know. I don't really want to know. I know they're going to clinch. It kind of help almost if they clinch before that. They have the Padres for two more, one tonight and tomorrow. And then they go to the Dodgers and the Dodgers, um, you know, are, are just kind of messing around at this point. Right. You know, they're everything's, everything's done, but they're still winning games because they're the Dodgers. And they're good. Yeah. So trying trying to look it up here. Um, While well, you look it up, um, six does that we'll, sound right? Six, yeah, it's not six. Eight, it might be eight, seven. R- real quick, do you do you think? Are you going to if you're not doing anything and Judge hasn't hit it? Are you tuning into Apple TV to watch Judge and the potential of sixty one or sixty two, and or are you also going to watch Pujols and potentially for seven hundred? same day that Apple TV just fell ass backwards into this whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? I mean, I guess I'll probably see it somehow. I don't know if I'll necessarily pull out the, uh, I don't even have the Apple TV app at this point. Um, you, just down- have it. you just downloaded it. Yeah. You can watch yeah, the I, games I, for I could, free. I could, but I'm sure MLB network will, will probably have it. Yeah. Um, live. And that's my TVs on MLB network. Probably you know, 50% of the time. So um, I'm sure I'll see it and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be curious. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be like, oh, this is great for baseball, you know, or anything like that. But it's like, yeah, pretty cool, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I, so I saw some, someone said something on the internet forum. I was like, oh, this could be one of the best years for baseball ever. And I'm like, well, you got to have a good postseason. It could be. It has all the makings. You look at the, some of these themes and the storylines, it's it's right there. But it's – you got to – like nothing matters until October because that's when the casuals start coming in. So, Well, we'll see. You have that – you talk about a good a good postseason. You have the extra playoff spot. So, I mean, you may have some 
Might be a little watered down. I'm fascinated to, to see how that'll work. And we can definitely talk about that when we get closer. But we should ride out of here. Um, yeah. Sorry sorry, we didn't get our Adam Levine take, so you don't get to hear us about Adam Levine. I'm not sure if you're following that one, Mitch. Um, uh, but – I've seen the I've seen the memes today. The memes are bit. the memes are hot right now. The memes are I might have saved one for potentially the Packers game. Um, it they're on fire, man. You, you you know it's kind of funny. It was like oh this guy's a piece of shit. And now it's like all right, let's make fun of him. It's good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, unbelievable move by him. Uh, that was just top tier scumbag. But anyways, um, we'll ride out. I will probably be back tomorrow. Um, tomorrow's. Uh, crazy day or Thursday night's a crazy day for me. So I'm really hoping I'm going to podcast. If I don't, for some reason, um, we'll figure something else out. I do want to do like a kind of a thank you to Milwaukee. Um, we're on the sensitive personal side, but it's, uh, it's been a great run. So I want to do it and do it justice and talk about it and enjoy it. So hope you guys tune in for that and we'll do some betting stuff as well as we do on on Friday. But we don't get to it for some reason we'll we'll run it back for next week all right take care mitch we'll see you next week and uh yeah we'll see what happens on like the weekend for wisconsin sports we'll uh we'll talk talk next week see you see you